buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ron and Gary Callagher here from Remax Results every Saturday from 12 to 1 on 610 KDAL. Gary, how are you this afternoon? Well, we're doing good, Jim. We're still doing social distancing recording, so... We are. It's been uh, a couple months since I've seen you. I like it when you're but, at least uh, more, more than six feet away from me. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you something, though. I finally got a haircut this past oh. week. Oh, and I hadn't had a haircut for four months. Is your wife and, happier now? Well, I walked in the house and she looked at me and she did a double take at me and she goes, <laughs> it looks a lot better. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Well, all right. So, Gary, this Saturday we have a special guest. Our special guest is Brenda Tishouse, who is the... What is your official title again? The CEO, CEF, CE, whatever? <laughs> CEO at Remax Results. CEO at Remax Results. And uh, we want to talk a lot about what's going on down the cities, and we're going to start with the market first. So, first of all, Brenda, good afternoon. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Um, actually, Gary, Brenda and I are live in my office because she's up visiting the two offices in Duluth and Superior. So, um Anyway, um, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's my it's it's been about four months since I have visited the market, and I, I missed you guys. So I'm. It's nice to be getting around and seeing everyone. Um, things are returning to normal as far as activity in our offices. So yeah. Okay. Um, you want me to just tell you a little bit about what I'm what's going on in the marketplace down in the Twin Cities? What do you- yeah, Gary was yeah, talking let's about, talk a little bit about what your market and then was what's happened since prior to. Let's go back to the fourth quarter of uh, 2019 and, and how things were going, even back into 2019 when the market, and then lead into when we started to get into this COVID uh, situation as we got in, into the new year here. Uh, well, we ended 2019 very strong. In fact, December was one of the busiest Decembers we had seen um in a while uh our first quarter believe it or not um of 2020 first quarter our closed sides closed business was up about 15 percent april was very strong too up around 10 percent um for remax results but also the entire market as a whole um and is this over 2019 it was up over 2019 you're saying Yes, yes, year okay. over year, 2020, yep, it was up over 2019 uh, uh, closed sides. And then um, things uh, started to get uh, uh, a little interesting. So if we back up to March, I would say when the COVID-19 um, pandemic hit us all, it was around mid-March, if everyone recalls, Um and then the shelter in place uh, for both Wisconsin and Minnesota happened around that, you know, third or fourth week of March. And then our showing activity, our new listing activity, um, everything dropped about 30%. It was hovering about 30 to 30% over 2019 numbers at the same time. Can I ask you a question? Yes. So this is the one thing that I've always wondered about because I knew it was a potential looming thing. Was there ever discussion about closing any of the offices due to COVID? 
Oh, yes. It was a really tough dis- decision, actually. Um, so, you know, we were considered essential business. Right. So real estate offices had the option of staying open. Um, Remax Results chose to keep all of our offices open. Um, I think we were one of the few that did. Uh, we know a lot of our local competitors closed their offices. We did not. We instead made a lot of sweeping changes very, very fast. So employees that could work from home were sent home. Um, you know, our, the safety of our employees was obviously the most in, most important to us. Um, those that were in the office, um, the, the office managers, the front desk administrative staff, um, were provided masks if they wanted to wear them. Obviously, you know, medical grade, disinfecting, you know, equipment and plexiglass shields um, at their front desk, uh, barriers. Some of them put um, markings on the floor to mark, you know, the proper social distancing in our reception areas. So um, we, we acted fast and we did that and we were able to keep all of our offices open. So not, well, not only that, but you not only real estate offices, but we also have results title and results mortgage. And those also stayed open as well. And, uh, we needed to. I know. We, you know, we needed it. It, you know, there were, you know, if, you know, it, it, this essential piece of this is shelter, um, and these are people that had closings scheduled um, that could have been homeless <laughs> otherwise. So, you know, we had to. That that was a, it. Was a really tough decision. I know not everybody was um, in favor of, of those businesses still remaining open, but we did everything as safely as we, as we could. We did everything from, you know, electronic closings. We kept people in separate offices. We did not allow our own sales executives in the closings in the same rooms. We kept buyers and sellers in separate rooms and, um, uh, All yeah, move forward. everything we could do. To... And we're one of the luckiest. There are states that real estate was not essential. Correct. So everything was virtual. And now that we've gone through this and come out the other side, I can't imagine what that was like. Um, Those markets um, I was monitoring, you know, um, they saw a drop in, in activity, like New York City, obviously, right, um, yeah. um, and, and some counties across California. Um there, everything came to a screeching halt. Their new listing activity or their showing activity was down seventy to eighty percent. Wow! It was just down. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So, um, what about now? How are things now? I'm I'm very curious as to the the temperature of the social distancing and the mask wearing and things of that nature in the Twin Cities. Of you know what what is everybody kind of thinking now as far as COVID goes? Has that changed? Yeah, everybody's still taking it very seriously, as they should. Um, And everybody is, um, you know, uh, we're practicing this this new normal, this new, um, the new safety of everything, the new way of doing things, the new, you know, the, the virtual showings and the virtual open houses. And really, it's up to the comfort level of uh, the buyer and seller. You know, what do you want to do now? What COVID has brought is more options to the consumer. Even, you know, if this pandemic goes away um, and we return to normal or a new normal, people are still going to opt for virtual showings and virtual opens. That's a new thing now that I don't think is going to go away. Um, Yeah. 
So is, are you finding, um, now the businesses in Minnesota open it up, restaurants and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been monitoring that just by some of the radio. I mean, I listen to a lot of talk as I'm going. Just from some of the radio programs and that there's some businesses that can't get their employees to come back because they're making too, they're making it off too good at the $600 extra a week in unemployment, which ends in July. Um, and then another one was is that people were being very wild about having to wear a mask. Now, personally, Gary, you know, I thought of an invention. Um, I just wanted to tell you this. Drinking a margarita, I, put, I cut a hole in my mask, stuck my straw in there, and I think that's a pretty good COVID way to go to a bar. But I, I joke. But I'm just saying, you go to a bar and, you, and you're wearing a mask, and, and I guess that, that people in the cities were kind of angry about that and refusing to wear their masks and ask to leave. And- I, you know, I have to admit, it's, it's, it's interesting. So I finally went and got my hair done uh, this, this week, and I'm at... Um, my salon, um, which is on Grand Avenue in St. Paul, and right next door to the salon is a popular bar and grill restaurant. Packed. The outdoor seating is packed. And the only people you see wearing masks at this bar and grill are the servers and the bartenders yep. running around. But then the measures taking at, taken at the salon, they're checking your temperature as you walk in the door. They have you fill out a questionnaire, you you know, your uh, on your health history, how you've been feeling. A mask is required. Um, they have the stations spaced out. Like, it's like walking into a medical office when going to the salon. And it's very interesting, though. So there's that, you know, everyone in the salon is saying, we have to do this. But then we see what's going on next door. And I could see how it's... It has some people shaking their heads. Yeah, um, it's interesting. So it's very interesting. So Gary, we got about another minute here before we got to cut to break. Um, so one more question, Gary, are you still there? I'm here. I'm okay. Here. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, we we're dominating. Um, That's okay. <laughs> just one more question about that. Um, so when do you find people in coming into the real estate offices are being? Um, polite and everything because we had one gentleman come in here that um you know he pretty much just said i'm not going to be six feet away from everybody anybody and he was just really kind of a weirdo and we he's not here anymore but he's not even a client but anything like that happen i i think early on i think early on and and i remember that incident in in your office jim um and um, I think it's just because you're in this office, Jim. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I'm I wasn't kidding. No, um, it's I, at first, but now I think people are more accepting and understanding. Right. I, 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 you know, I think, you're right. yeah. I think if if a mask is required, they're going to wear a mask. I think you got to be respectful and wear a mask if somebody is susceptible more than maybe you are, or something like that. Yeah, it's not for yourself; it's right. for the others. It really is, and so it's. I think it's it's okay now. All right, so we're going to take a break here. Uh, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we're going to come right back, and we're going to talk a little bit more now about the Twin Cities market and um, the other markets that Remax Results is involved in. So stay there, and we'll be right back. AM 610 KDAL News, Weather, Sports. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ron and Gary Callagher here from Remax Results every week. Gary, why don't you give out your phone number? Folks, you can reach me at 218-390-061. And remember, you can text us. You can text us. We like texts. All right, my number is 218-348-7653. And again, our special guest is Brenda Tushouse. 
um, the CEO of Remax Results, and um, I have to add a very fun person to work for. So we're very fortunate. I think that, that uh, you're my like most most uh, high up boss. All right, Gary, you had um, a situation um, with virtual showings that you want to talk about. Let's go into that. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a couple things here that we want to get to. But going back to the, the virtual showings and some of the new technology that, that we as agents are utilizing, um, I think it's, it's important for people to uh, uh, understand that there's a component to the virtual showings that you can't, uh, you know, you can't get around. And if somebody is remote uh, and, and they're not actually going through these houses, we have senses as mm -hmm. people and, and our emotions. And we, when we walk into these houses, people are, are able to connect with these houses. They're able to tell things very quickly. You know, people mm -hmm. form their, their opinions on things within a matter of seconds. And so it's very important if we're doing these virtual showings that we convey to them some of the emotions. And I think the biggest one is the smell. If a house has smells, people are allergic to smells. If they have pets, uh, you know, the odors that are in houses, if they have the plug-in perfume things, yep. those are important to convey those to people. If there's dampness in the house, if it feels damp, you know, we, we have to convey that through these, these virtual showings. Uh, if, it's, if it's warm, if it's, you know, like in the wintertime, did we have... Uh, uh, did the house feel warm? Did it feel tight? Was there a draftiness? So down in the Twin Cities, Brenda, were you experiencing any of that? Or how do you handle that emotional component yes. of the virtual showings that these buyers can't get? Oh, no, that's such a great question. Um, here is what, um, you know, everybody, this was virtual showings became instantly new practice overnight. And what people, what our sales executives started realizing quickly is before going to do the virtual showing, they were asking their buyers, if at all possible, to drive by the home first. Um, you know, 50% of the time they would rule out even wanting to see the inside of the home after driving by the outside of the home because maybe they didn't like the neighborhood. Or So if you are going to be doing these virtual showings, um, you can save both your time and your buyer's time by asking them to do that first. Um, the, and, and as far as the actual virtual showing, um, it's pretty simple. You don't need high tech equipment. You know, some people do use, um, cameras with their gimbal devices, the stabilizers. Um, but really just having FaceTime on, on your phone is sufficient, but you nailed it, Gary. It's, um, describing that feeling when you walk in and here's the thing that the, the tip I would suggest is if you are doing these, yes, describing the feeling, yes, describing the smells, but you have to describe the dimensions of the room, you know, something that you can't quite gauge, like how high are the ceilings and how big is that living room? What are those room dimensions? Describe what you see out every window. What are you looking at when you look out the living room window or out the bedroom window? You know, how close, you know, so some of those things that you forget um, uh, that, that people quickly, um, you know, were discovered, discovered doing these virtual showings, but they can be done very successfully. But in the end, I don't think, you know, purchasing a home site unseen, it's rare. It happens, but it's very rare. You know, ultimately they end up do seeing that home in person. Yeah. 
I know one of the good things about in the state of Minnesota, anyways, is, is our home inspections, mm-hmm. and and a buyer certainly has the right to uh, to do an inspection and cancel their contract if if uh, uh, you know they have issues you know with the house at that point in time. Yep. But uh, uh, I think it, it the virtual showings. I think they're great, and I really like them, especially for people that aren't in town yet. But you do, like you say, you have to describe everything mm-hmm. uh, down to the minutia because it is so important uh, that people, you know, uh, can't connect with these houses in person. So that's that's a real important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Brenda, I have a question about that. What what platforms are the most? What platforms do they use for these virtual showings, or is it just? Is there a platform? Or? Well, the virtual showings, I think what you're thinking is if they're uh, recording it and sharing it and putting right. putting it out there. Virtual showings are just really just a live. They're live. Okay, it's just okay, live. Right, 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 so, okay. um, you know. Uh, you know so, what I found works really well, and yep. I just discovered this by chance. I, I was having a real difficult time going in and just going into my camera on my iPhone and making a videotape and then uh, – you know, emailing the videotape, it always seemed to, to it have, would have to prepare itself. And then when the, when you would send it to the buyers, it, they, it, sometimes it would take hours for it to fully load into their cloud. And so it was a little, it was a little weird, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I know FaceTime works well, but I will tell you this, if you go right into your text, if you have your buyers set up in your text where you're texting them with their names, you go right into your text and you hit the camera icon and then you go to video you can you can start recording through their text feed mm-hmm. and you can record for a couple of minutes mm-hmm. and those texts will send right through their feed and it's a very cool tool that I have uh, like I said, I just happened to find it by accident mm-hmm. but boy what a difference it makes in uh, uh, you know being able to record lengthy videos and text to people spontaneously i mean it's, sure. it works quite well yeah interesting okay. so the future the future real estate agent is going to be armed with a gopro on their head right, is that what we're saying right now? <laughs> yeah no doubt about it you know <laughs> i mean body cams and everything uh <laughs> sensors we're going to have sensory perceptors or whatever they want to call them and uh, uh be able to pass that to people so uh, it's very cool stuff, the technology. And Brenda, I don't know if, if you've heard anything, but a few weeks ago, Jim and I were talking about this technology that has come around because of COVID. And one of the, the, the people that were writing on this, this blog said that we have taken the, the technology platform and we've accelerated it in a three-month period that should have taken up to five years. Yeah, I believe and, that. And, and this hmm. one particular... Uh, I think this was during the Inman Connect uh, conference recently, yep. and they said that the technology was on a. Was, this was a five-year program, but they've implemented it in a three-month span because of the stay-at-home orders and COVID. Wow! Wow! Um, so I don't know if you heard of, of anything about that, but I felt that was was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it it's when the need's so great, maybe the race is. Uh... Yep. Yep. So, um, so. so the other thing, as long as if, if we're done with this, the other thing I want to really touch on is, you know, we, we, we came into the marketplace, we had COVID, we all dealt with it, we're through with it. Uh, and then Minneapolis had a very, very unfortunate uh, situation occur down there in the past few weeks. And it really exploded into some major league 
civil unrest and it it was heartbreaking to be watching this yeah. and seeing how all this unfolded and i know that you the, the remax results had some offices in proximity to where all this unrest was but how did that affect your market and what has that done to, to the psyche of people in the marketplace are people you know are they still willing to go out and look at homes does it change what they how they want to travel and, and go to places give us a sense of what you're seeing down there um it you know we we were watching the numbers like the showing activity and the new listing numbers um improve week over week as a result of COVID and then um, the, the the crazy week we experienced with the un, the unfortunate civil unrest with um, George Floyd um, that did cause a dip um, naturally it, that that week was just like everybody was just in shock so there was uh, another a dip in both showing activity and new listing activity um, since then it has resumed things are still. Um, showing activity is is now has surpassed 2019 showing activity. So buyers are crazy. There's a lot of buyers out there. Yeah. New listing activity is still kind of bouncing up and down, bouncing up and down because um, COVID still is a thing. In the tw- you know it really is still happening. It's not. I it, we can't say COVID's done. It's it's you know we still have a ways to go, and. Um, People, um, sellers specifically, who can wait are still waiting. Um, we have inventory levels in the Twin Cities that are the lowest we've seen um, for as long as we've been tracking the data since 2005. Um, so just record low inventory. And so as you can imagine, the buyers are having a real difficult time right now. Yeah, there um, is. A, we, uh, Gary and I have... have we, we're all in competition. So, yeah, Gary, you haven't even heard this, but yesterday I sold a house. I don't know, there was three or four offers. And the buyer that got it, it was her sixth time. So she lost five other times. Hmm. Um, wow. And, and that, that property went, let's see, I'll just, I'm not going to use price ranges. So that property went about 14% over list price. Wow. And we've had, um, like, you know, house that's listed for two hundred thousand sells for two forty. Um, have you heard any? We, Gary and I talk about appraisals and and the fact that you know there's a lot of times where they're not using appraisals anymore because the buyer is so strong uh, and they've got such an equity position in the house just by you know the down payment they're putting in. They're just doing like what they call a drive-by analysis. But appraisers have a little bit more flexibility with values right now because of all the multiple offers. But I'm wondering, hmm. have you, have you? Yeah, they can they can fudge a little bit, I guess. I that I haven't heard that, but I do know that we so have a lot of appraisal problems in the cities. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, actually, that was the topic of our blog last month was oh. appraisals and drive-by appraisals and desktop or desktop appraisals, okay. or what you call it. Um, you can go out to results. I shouldn't call anything a drive-by these days. Yeah, <laughs> you can go to results.net and uh, look under the blog and uh, read an article on that very topic. Um, okay. But regarding appraisals um, and appraisers having flexibility because of multiple, that I have I have not heard a lot about that. Well, I know that they clamped down right after the recession, like mm-hmm. big time, mm-hmm. and then I, I think maybe regulations 
lifted after a while. I'm not even sure, but um, the appraisers that I talked to said they, they feel they can be more flexible now with the market swings. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Gary, what, what's your comment on that? Well, uh, tell me if we're running out of time, but here here's what I'm going to say to you. we got another five minutes in the segment. I think I'm, I've looked back to 2006 where I felt 2006 was a really high watermark for values in our marketplace. And as we got into 2007, we started to hit that housing recession. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember, Jim, but back in 2006, this is exactly what we were seeing. We were seeing a marketplace that was like overheated. We had lack of inventory. It was a huge seller's market. All of our, the, uh, the values of these houses were being run up with multiple offers. Same thing. I think it's a little bit more of a frenzy right now, but I think it's a similar situation. And and I think we're in a a peak market right now that I don't know how long it's going to last, but I think we're getting to the point where we're at the top of a value market. And I think we're either going to go up a little bit more or we're going to start to plateau um, and or we're going to start to see the, the get to the top of the curve and maybe come down. And I think that the the interest rates are are starting to inch upwards, and I think you're going to see that market stabilize, the bond market, that's going to dictate the mortgage interest rate. So I think you'll see that start to stabilize. But I'm a little concerned that the people that are buying these houses right now are at a top of a market, and I don't know how much higher this market can go before we start to level out, plateau out, and maybe even have a little bit of a downturn. What do you think? Well, Brenda, before, Wait, it, let me preface that just for a second because I think maybe you're not familiar with what's been happening up here lately mm-hmm. um, as much as Gary and I. We've been talking about this for weeks. So so there's a big um, airplane repair shop called AAR. Mm-hmm. They had 400 people working there making about $60,000 plus a year. They're closed. They're not coming back um, because all the planes are mothballed. I mean, maybe they'll come back, but right now they're saying they're done. Um, we just heard last week that the Duluth paper mill is shutting down indefinitely. Mm. That's another... Well, they were down to like 250 jobs, weren't they, Gary? Right. They, and they but are, then you got Essentia, had, and that was like... Essentia was 900 jobs. And Yeah, and then That's, Essentia... Well, that was even more than that. Essentia had a huge layoff um, of like 900 but people after... some of coming back either, so. after, but after some of the other... After the other two hospitals... After um, St. Luke's... Um, and they had laid off initially after the COVID thing happened. Now it's to the point where um, there's a billboard up from the union saying profit over, I can't remember what it says, but it's, it's, they're slamming like essential for laying off all these people. But so we've had we've got a huge amount of people that are out of a job. Unemployment. That, that's my. Yeah. So that's, that's that's what he and I are worried about. So same here. There you go. So there's your cut. Now, now you can come in and throw the whole picture up here. No, I'm the unemployment um, piece. I'm worried about. Um, I'm another thing. I'm I haven't decided yet if I'm going to start worrying about it. Is the four million um, homes that are under forbearance right now? Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's going to be a heck of a heck of a hit. Um, no, it really depends on the lender. Um, the hey, you know what? I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> we ran into our break. Folks, stay right there. <laughs> We're going to keep on this subject. We will be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning, Gary Callagher, and our special guest, Brenda Tissouse. 
who is the CEO of Remax Results. And um, before we get back into that, how many current ages do we have? What's our head count? Uh, about 1,165. Ooh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> to um, be exact. <laughs> yeah, Gary and I, we, we guess all the time. I think it's like up to 1,500 now. <laughs> yeah, all right, anyway. but um, So you're talking about mortgage forbearance. So before we get into that, we uh, when we talk about this, we explain what it is. So go ahead, but start with that explanation. Um, so mortgage forbearance, um, not to be mistaken for forgiveness, Forbearance, um, there are 4 million. I, that number could be higher now. Yeah. Um, the last I checked, uh, 4 million uh, people in the U.S. that have um, requested for forbearance on their mortgage. And lenders um, are granting that with really no no questions asked. Um, and a forbearance means they're, they're not paying on um, the principal on their loan. And it could be three months, six months, nine months. Uh, 12-month forbearance. The the average is six-month, but some have been granted up to 12 months of forbearance. And so depending on the lender, um, there's some concern on whether um, when homeowners come out of that forbearance period, um, you know, some have, yeah. yeah they're going to be a higher percentage of foreclosures than a lot of those people. Well, you sure. know, fortunately I'm hearing that um, – a lot of lenders are are taking that six months and just tacking it on to the end of the life of the, the term of the loan. Okay. You know, they're not, but there are some. And if you are in forbearance or if you're thinking about it, you, you make sure you understand what your options are when you're talking to your lender. At when you come out of forbearance, are you going to owe that money in full? Right. Um, right at that time, is it going to be tacked on to the end of the life of your mortgage? Um, I think Wells Fargo came under fire for that because, and, and they mm-hmm. said and the comment that they had was, is we haven't figured out to the end yet. So, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, okay, go on. But you would think that these lenders learned their lesson. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, and but they the don't numbers want... were astronomical, right? Yes. Gary, we were looking at the forbearance numbers and what it means financially, been... and it was trillion. Was it a trillion? Was it a billion? Well, the, the biggest issue was, you know, and if we go back to the foreclosure short sale market, was the ability to communicate with these lenders and and the lender's ability to, to go out and find the investors because so many of these mortgages were, were wrapped in securities that were sold to investors across the planet. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very difficult problem to try to unwind what had been wound up. And it's a much different process now. And, yes. and so yeah. I think that the, the, the biggest issue is that the the mortgage bankers were dealing with is like, hey, we need a platform that we can let people communicate, and, and they don't have to sit on the on the uh, the telephone line for two days to get through to us. So I think that was the number one issue, and I think that they did very well at it. I think there were some glitches to begin with, but uh, I, I I really haven't heard of any problems with the communication component to uh, uh, the with the mortgage bankers versus the people that need to to uh, that need this relief, mm-hmm. and and so I think it's gone well. And I, I, you know, I, I certainly hope people don't go into foreclosure. I think there's going to be a certain percentage of it that's going to happen regardless. But I think that the, the really nice thing is that the, the mortgage bankers uh, allowed this to happen because remember, they still have to pay their investors. The people that put the yeah. money up to, yep. that they lend for mortgages, those investors have to be paid. And the mortgage industry could withstand. Uh, I believe it was up to six months or so of, of paying their investors without being uh, having significant damage done in the marketplace. 
uh, and then the other important thing is it didn't affect your credit score. So yes, and I so I don't. That all works out. That, but um, I agree. I don't. I don't. Uh, it's not necessarily the forbearance that's that I'm concerned about. I'm you know I'm optim. I'm hoping like what you said, but it's the unemployment. It's yeah. you know is you know is there an end to, you know the the unemployment piece is. You know, we we haven't even. I mean, we this could be another show, but let uh, let's you know talk about what's happening in the commercial world. Oh yeah, no, I know. I wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> I, I think the commercial world is really in trouble. You know. Yeah, you know, yeah. We've talked about that too. All these companies that say, "Boy, we could be virtual," but it's such a big, big job to get our company to become virtual. Mm-hmm. Now they had to do it. Yeah. So all their employees are working from home. Why do they need the extra commercial space? Mm-hmm. You know, my daughter works for Results Title, and she's working at home. And you know, I mean, mm-hmm. getting her job done. And um, yeah, a lot of people are used to it. Are you hearing anything about the bricks and mortar buildings, Brenda, down in the Twin Cities, with with people being able to work remotely? Is that you know, you mentioned the commercial market. Is do you see that yep. taking a big hit down the down the road here? Yep. 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 It's. Uh... Yep, I know a lot of people are negoti- renegotiating their leases right now. Um, I just, it's, it's, you know, there's restaurants and buildings that I've that I've reopened that I've attended, and I'm seeing the diminishing lunch crowds, and they're saying, well, there's no one in this building anymore. You know, yeah. um, the lunch crowds that oh, were once. Oh, sure, in the big buildings where there's all these workers there, they, they they're empty. They don't go to work. Oh, yeah. So these restaurants have reopened, but they have no patrons. Right. Um, and then you add to because, that the people that are that very COVID sensitive and say, "I'm not going out to eat." Yeah. I have so, a niece and, and nephew um, that absolutely positively have not left their house. Yep. I have family March, members. Yep. And they have a one year old baby, and yep. everything's delivered. They both work from home. Yep. Yep. They're, it's their own their own little autonomous society. So that that definitely is a concern. Um, um, well, and so, then you then you throw in all of the civil unrest and all of the commercial buildings and the little mom and pop shops that were just completely destroyed. That's just got to have a very significant impact on that Twin Cities commercial market. And and I hope to heck it recovers. Mm-hmm. But but boy, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a long haul. I think. All right, hey, we got five more minutes left on this segment. I kind of want to talk about the rebuilding that's been going on since the civil unrest because I have a couple of kids who are heavily involved. I have learned more in the last... Uh, I have learned so much. And I listen to my kids because I do believe that they are smarter than me. Um, but uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff... but. The rebuilding and the, and the camaraderie or the kumbaya, I don't know what you want to call it, but it, the come-togetherness of uh, the cleanup and all this kind of stuff apparently was amazing. It, it, it really was. I mean, when you see the, you see all the pictures on the news yeah. or on social media of just, like, the flood of donations. Um, Remax Results is actually doing our own donation drives every week. We have dedicated drop-off sites where people are um, bringing essential like needs to help support the St. Paul area, the Midway area or the Lake Street area and certain areas affected in Minneapolis. So we're doing these weekly drives to help, but our nonprofit foundation, the Results Foundation is also making plans for 
much greater, bigger contributions like down the road because all the help is there right now. But but where is it? You know, several months from now, we're talking like rebuilding type of help. Um, we have a business in, uh, sorry, an office location in Uptown in Minneapolis on Lake Street. It wasn't in um, the heart of where most of the damage d- took place, but it did. It was impacted, and um, all of our sales executives that worked out of that office have since moved to other uh, results office locations. And that office um, remains closed, but we have a commitment to reopening it um, and staying there and helping just with the community. So well, we that have, leads into another question. Yeah. So what is the commitment to reopen like down there? Are there businesses that are saying, I'm done, this is it? You I know? think there were... Yeah, there. I think the the smaller, like you suggested. Yeah, I heard about um, that jeweler in the area, and man, they just—it's unbelievable what they did. There's a lot of support. There's a lot of right. help flooding in as well. Hmm. I'll just say, with you know, with everything we've talked about with COVID, um, with you know the unfortunate situation um, with George Floyd, we're all changed, and it's we're all, but we're all changed for the better. We're all going to learn from this. Um, you know, we're, it, it's really important to me personally. Um, I'm pushing for things at Remax results, um, like cultural awareness training and sensitivity training. And, um, I'm, I'm even pushing for the required modules that our sales executives have to take for their licensing, um, to include those types of things. Um, it, it's, it's, it's opened our eyes. Unfortunately, this has, you know, been something that's been going on for, far too long and i think that good only good can come of all the stuff that we've been experiencing in 2020 so that's amazing stuff brenda thank you and i know that the results uh remax results is is certainly a leader in giving back to the communities and it's uh you know the results foundation is is does that Mm -hmm. and uh so it's good to hear that and thank you again for doing those types of things it's very important that we don't forget our communities that we live and work in and the people that uh, you know, we build our, our our web or our fabric of life with. It's very, very um, important stuff. So uh, yeah. that's uh, good to hear. Yeah. Well, my favorite time to give to the Results Foundation was at the golf tournament, and I heard it's not going to happen this year, <laughs> so I'm not really happy about I that. Know. Brenda, do you know what my theory is for golf? Yes. No, I don't. Try to do it every day that ends in Y. <laughs> okay. 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 All right, uh, Gary, we got a, we got one more break coming up here, and uh, we're going to take that now, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about something, Gary. I don't know if you heard about this, but we're going to talk about a very surprising final walkthrough that happened in superior last week um that has really caught in some uh some some wildfire it's kind of interesting stuff so hang out there people we'll be right back all right welcome back to the final segment of the twin ports real estate show gary before we go you got to give out your phone number one more time folks you can uh, reach me or text me at 218-390-0615 and i'm 218-348-7653 and we have our special guest today, and I asked her for 15 minutes. And I won't. Is, I'm not giving you my cell phone. Is, you're, no, you don't have to do that. I asked her for 15 minutes, and here she is for the whole hour, so that's cool. Um, so last week, final walkthrough, um, Leah, Leah Hollenbach and Tom Acton, our team, and, and uh, Leah was walking these people into their final walkthrough, and there was a squatter in the house, Gary. Oh. He had moved in. And um, in 
I mean, when so what would so you do if you walk house. in? This house is vacant. It's been vacant for a couple of weeks or a week or so at least. This guy obviously sees a moving truck. This is things people have to be. I mean, I never thought of this. Moving truck, and he goes and breaks in, and he moves in. Um, and, um, you know, she did the very smartest thing she could have done. She said, oh, excuse me, I, I, are, what are you doing here? He goes, well, I own this house. She goes, oh, oh, okay, all right. And and she excused herself. She turned around the buyers, and she goes, let's get out. So she whispered to him, let's get out of here. So she immediately got out of the house and then called 911. And the guy was arrested. I'll give you the, the long, the, the whole story. The guy was arrested and put in jail. He had a dog, um, but they took the dog, and they had a place for the dog to go. Um, and then the police officers and the agents and the buyers all took wonderful pictures in front of the sold sign. Um, and then later on, <laughs> later on, that buyer um, put on social media how happy he was with how that situation was handled, and he thanked the police department for being so professional in that particular. You know, anyway, it was just a really fun story. But a squatter, have you ever heard of that, Gary, before? Actually, yes, I have. I actually was involved in one, and this goes back 10 or 15 years ago. And uh, uh, very similar situation, and uh, it's it's just one of those crazy things that, you know, you show up at a final walkthrough and there's somebody in the house. That's, that'd be terrifying. Be mm-hmm. You know, and I'm afraid that I wouldn't have a calm reaction like she did, but I, you'd have to because what if they're armed? And they well, probably you are. Just leave and mm-hmm. call the, you know, yeah, I just walk out, but wow. Yeah. Brenda, has that ever happened in the. Oh. You, you've heard it a lot? Is this thing. Is this like something that Ronding has been doing this for like 35 years or whatever it is? No, now? I mean, it's not It's not super common. Okay. But of course. So I've never heard you know, it. it's, it's something that we see on occasion. Wow. Yep. Wow. And this guy. damage done to the house? Well, the guy, they, the guy starts they, smoking inside. You know, and then he had all these bottles downstairs, these little bottles, and it, it looked like he was, the next thing was going to be a meth lab that he was oh, setting it wow. up. Oh, yeah, no, this guy was, and oh, you should, they have a video of him on the front porch, and he's kind of almost dancing, and then his hand slips down his front end of his pants, and it's like, oh, no, he's all strung out on something. So it's just a very dangerous situation in person altogether. But the buyers ended up being happy with it, and everything was resolved. And <laughs> well, Mister Buyer was—that's why Leah got him out of there because I think he was kind of like, "This is my house," you know. So he took uh, ownership of it. He was very mad at, me, and even though he hadn't closed on it yet, you know, I don't blame him. I mean, I would have been kind of wild myself. Um, but yeah, you got to have the cooler heads like Leah had to prevail. I think. Yeah. Get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Let the professionals come back and do it. And um, anyway, mm-hmm. well, that's about all the time we have. Oh. So, Brenda. Thank last you. Last thoughts. We got like another minute. So last thoughts. Did you like it? Do you want to come back all the time? Oh, this is fun. I'm so, I'm just glad to to be up here to be visiting. Um, you picked a nice day. Yeah, I picked a great day. Um, yeah, things are slowly returning to a new normal. So. There you go. Um, okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to good things to come. Gary, last thoughts. Brenda, thank you again for uh, coming on the Twin Porch Real Estate Show. We appreciate your your visits, and you're welcome anytime. Thanks, Gary. And just uh, thank you again. All right. Thanks. All right. We'll see you later. Talk to you next week, buddy. Folks, you're tuned into the Twin Porch Real Estate Show. We're going to be back next week. Thank you for listening for a long time. Thanks a lot. Your Twin Porch home for Twins Baseball, KDAF.